Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's April 23rd, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 42. Here are today's news and notes. From Japan, this story was posted by Nobuko Tanaka. Must the show go on during the COVID-19 outbreak? Responses to the spread of the COVID-19 virus have varied wildly from country to country and are changing from one day to the next. So, while Broadway shows in New York have shut down for at least a month, West End productions in London have been canceled until further notice. In Japan's theater world, the situation has been somewhat mixed since February 26th, when Prime Minister Shinzo Abe first asked organizers of large public events to demonstrate self-restraint. As a result, Kabukiza and other kabuki theaters in the capital and elsewhere remained closed. The large, private Akasaka ACT Theater in Tokyo canceled programs until March 17th. And at the capital's newly built, rebuilt Parco Theater, the first night of Pizarro was put back a week. Most public theaters, which receive public money, have also followed suit, along with leading companies such as K Ballet. However, as Abe issued a request and not an order, Tokyo's privately owned, medium-sized Kinokuniya Southern Theater, as well as several mostly small theaters and companies, are carrying on while advising audiences to wear face masks and sanitize their hands. Then, somewhere in between, venues such as New National Theater Tokyo and Setagaya Public Theater have halted their productions, but are presenting those of visiting companies who wish. Festivals and other short-term events also face challenges. As the executive director of Theater Commons Tokyo, an annual festival of contemporary theater, Chiaki Soma was under mounting pressure as the 11-day event scheduled February 27th opening approached. If we tried to aim for zero risks, the only course was to do nothing and abandon this year's edition of TCT, she says. Hence, we've sought out possible ways to present works while trying to keep the risk as low as possible. In practice, Soma says she engaged with organizers on TCT's executive committee, including Arts Commons Tokyo and various international cultural institutions, as they explored how to preserve the playlist as much as possible. Consequently, five of the 12 programs were held at venues as planned, and the others were switched to online distribution, an option that suits TCT well, as it also features discussion forums, readings, and lectures. Meanwhile, through the local authority, told Za Koenji Public Theater in Tokyo's Suginami Ward, to close until the end of March. Its artistic director, Makoto Sato, fears that there's more to the issue. Many people are just talking about freedom of expression for performers, but I think it's also important to focus on local people's freedom to meet up together, he says. Besides noting that audiences give performing arts meaning, he says that a theater is a public space serving those in its locality and beyond. We don't have enough data on this virus, so it's very difficult for us to assess and make a long-term plan. He says, but there's a real danger that once we stretch the interpretation of prevention further and further, it could become boundless. Along with cinema, it seems theater is one of the arts still operating in Japan, but for how long remains to be seen. If you'd like to read the original article, 
This article was originally posted at japantimes.co on March 27, 2020, and has been reposted with permission. From our friends in Australia, page two. From our friends at Time Out Magazine, think of the world's most famous operas, and chances are you'll come up with a list that's a bit of a boys' club. Tosca, Madame Butterfly, and La Boheme by Puccini, Carmen by Bizet, La Traviata and Aida by Verdi, The Marriage of Figaro and Don Giovanni by Mozart. The Sydney Chamber Opera and Carriage Works have teamed up to redress that blokey bias with the world premiere of not one, but four new one-act operas by Australian female composers. Breaking Glass will present these works exploring women's rights as a free-to-stream event on Carriage Works' Facebook page this Saturday, April 25th at 7.30 p.m. Sydney-based composer and performer Josephine Mackin, co-founder of Spiral Ensemble and the Lost Plus Sound Collective, will present The Tent, a dread-filled piece inspired by Margaret Atwood's razor-sharp dystopias. Peggy Polias's commute riffs of Homer's Iliad, but drawing on the everyday anxiety of a woman walking home at night. Georgia Scott, a composer, orchestra, orchestrator, and arranger, channels Sylvia Platt's poetry and the battle for recognition in Her Dark Marauder. Drummer, percussionist, composer, and sound artist Brie Van Rijks, The Invisible Bird, translates the flight for emancipation into the plight of a rare breed of Australian parrot struggling for survival. Presented in partnership with the Sydney Conservatorium of Music's Composing Women program, the SCO Artistic Associate Daniela Moss and Clements Williams co-direct. When I first started seriously thinking about directing opera, I knew there were three kinds of projects I was passionate about. Female composers, new work, and opera that utilizes electronic music and or digital technologies, Moss said. I thought I'd be lucky if a production could fit one of those categories. Never did I dream that my debut in the form would tick all three boxes. That's a testament to the extraordinary wealth of talent in this country, but also to the qualities of projects staged by the Sydney Cham Chamber Opera. Williams adds that the making and viewing of new opera is an act of revolution. As a member of the audience, you're plunged into darkness, surrounded by a terrifying abstract oral soundscape, and asked to grapple with the ever-changing essence of the modern world. It's no wonder that then that new opera is the perfect breeding ground for innovative feminist work. One of Australia's most internationally revered composers and a professor at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music, Liza Lim, says the collaboration is of the now. Opera is a form which has always been about ritualizing power relations. These four new works assert the relevance of opera as a contemporary art form which can center women's voices. You can watch the performance on Saturday, April 25th at 7.30 p.m. on Carriage Works' Facebook page. Page 3. From our friends at Playbill.com, track upcoming virtual theatrical live streams, performances, panels, and classes. From exercise classes with Broadway stars to the latest watch party or panel discussion, let Playbill and Broadway Podcast Network's calendar be your guide to coronavirus quarantainment. Playbill and the Broadway Podcast Network have partnered on a full schedule of upcoming live stream events 
during the current global theatrical shutdown. The new live calendar features a comprehensive list of digital theatrical events, including live stream performances, concerts, and readings, including upcoming Playbill exclusive concerts, the recurring series such as Seth Rudetsky's and James Wesley's Stars in the House and Plays in the House, live stream offerings from theater companies and performance groups around the world, and virtual galas and fundraisers. The platform also highlights digital workouts and dance classes from members of the Broadway and dance communities, such as New York City Ballet's Tyler Peck, as well as instructional skill-building classes, auditional workshops, and more. The calendar is part of the new Broadway Together initiative, Broadway Podcast Network's platform to host original live events such as BPN Town Halls, live video podcasts, and more. With event classes and performances made for all ages, the invaluable resource provides a one-stop shop for your theatrical planning through the shutdown. Of course, stay tuned to Playbill for individual and detailed updates on Broadway, off-Broadway, national tours, international tours, and productions regional theaters, award ceremonies, as well as individual performances and events as news continues to unfold. From our friends at Stage Directions, the Stratford Festival is offering free Shakespeare productions virtually. The Stratford Festival is launching a film festival during this period of social isolation, offering free streaming of 12 Shakespeare productions captured as part of its Stratford Festival on film series. This is the first time the full-length versions of these productions have been available for free. You can check out Stage Direction's website and this article to, to listen to the welcome message from Stratford Festival's Artistic Director, Antoni Simolino, and Executive Director, Anita Gaffney. This festival launches on Shakespeare's birthday, which is today, April 23rd, with King Lear, directed by artistic director Antoni Simolino and featuring Colm Fior in the title role. As difficult times such as we're expecting now, it can be helpful to re-examine the great works of literature, says Simolino. Much has been made recently of the suggestion that when Shakespeare wrote King Lear in 1606, he was in quarantine because of the plague. In looking at the play, we see that it documents not only the breakdown of an old king and the destruction of two families, but also the disruption of an entire country. It seems almost prophetic. The rollout of the films has been scheduled around four themes that seem pertinent at this time, a pandemic, and might spark further thought or conversation amongst viewers, social order, isolation, minds pushed to the edge, and relationship. Each film will debut with a 7 p.m. viewing party and remain available for free for a three-week period on the Strat Stratford Festival website. Coming up, the social order and leadership category, King Lear, Coriolanus, and Macbeth. In the Isolation series, The Tempest, Timon of Athens, and Love's Labors Lost. In the Minds Push to the Edge category, Hamlet, King John, and Pericles. And finally, in the Relationships category, Anthony and Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet, and The Taming of the Shrew. These shows will be available from April 23rd to July 30th. The Stratford Festival on Film was launched by Simolino and Executive Director Anita Gaffney in 2014 as an initiative to capture all of Shakespeare's plays on film. They screen across Canada, the US, and internationally and air on CBC before being released for download and on DVD. 
Each film is captured live with a full audience at the Stratford Festival during a single performance. Additional pickup shots of key performance elements are captured on stage immediately following the performance, again with an audience present. The films have received four Canadian Screen Awards and 16 nominations, including Best Performing Arts Program for the debut film of the series, King Lear. The Stratford Festival on Film Productions are produced by Barry Average through Melbar Entertainment Group. Of course, for more information from Stratford Festival, please visit their website at www.stratfordfestival.ca. And finally, from Stage Directions, a joint letter, a message to the working professionals in the entertainment industry from unions and guilds. The undersigned guilds and unions represent the diverse professional workforce that, in ordinary times, come together on productions throughout each year to bring our stories to life for audiences across the globe. Now, in this time when the coronavirus pandemic has brought an unprecedented challenge to our industry, our solidarity is more important than ever before. We come together on behalf of our respective memberships to ensure coordination between our efforts to secure relief, financial support, and other critical assistance for the working professionals in this industry. Our members understand the unique power of collective action. Through our unity, we reinforce that power to safeguard our members as much as possible during the extraordinary set of events we face today. As always, our first concern is your safety and health and that of your loved ones. We urge members to follow the updated guidance from the CDC and other government authorities in your area. This includes practicing rigorous sanitation efforts and abiding by the social distancing directives now in effect across the country. This not only helps to keep you safe, but contributes to the effort to bring the pandemic under control, which allows everyone to return to work more quickly. We can all be part of the solution to this crisis, and we hope that each of us takes our role in this effort seriously. As you know, each of the undersigned organizations has engaged in measures to provide relief and support for our respective memberships. However, it is important that you know that we also have worked together and with industry and labor allies in a variety of ways to protect our members. This includes advocating for the inclusion of our workforce in the direct cash payments and expanded unemployment insurance available in the federal government's aid packages recently passed by Congress, ensuring as many of our members as possible are included in state assistance programs across the country, channeling urgently needed donations to the industry's charitable organizations that give direct support to the industry's workforce, sharing information and ideas on ways to support the sustained financial well-being of our pension and health plans which are all impacted by the pandemic and mon monitoring and addressing, however needed, the steps taken by companies in response to this crisis, steps that directly impact our members. Importantly, we are also focused on the protective measures that will need to be enacted to keep professionals safe on production sets and other work environments once people can return to work. We are pleased to report that the above efforts have been fortified in ways great and small by partners and allies throughout the industry several of which have agreed to find ways to direct resources to our members and to coordinate on various relief efforts. Such me measures showcase the best virtues of our industry and are greatly appreciated. The above steps are significant, but we remain keenly aware that even successful efforts cannot end the steep financial challenges most of our members face during this time. If you are in need, we encourage you to apply to the emergency relief funds listed below. If you are able to do so, please consider donating to these relief funds. The need has never been greater, and every dollar helps. As well, each of our organizations has created and is updating special COVID-19 internet resources with available guidelines, resources, and support to assist you during this time of need. 
At the end of this communication, you will find links to the many key sites. We do not know when this national emergency will subside sufficiently to allow productions and other elements of the industry to begin opening back up for business. However, we do share a great faith that our industry will return with vigor and present abundant opportunities for our members to work and to re-engage in the craft of delivering entertainment to audiences around the world. Until such time arrives, we stand united as the industry's guides and unions to work on your behalf. We stand with you in this crisis, knowing that our solidarity is a core strength that will sustain all of us in the challenging days ahead. In solidarity, Ray Hare of the International President and American Federation of Music Musicians, Thomas Schlamme, President of the Directors Guild of America, Russell Hollander, National Executive Director of the Directors Guild of America, Matthew Loeb, the International President of the International Association Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, James P. Hoffa, the General President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Gabriela Carteris, President of the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, David P. White, the National Executive Director of the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, Bo Willman, President of the Writers Guild of America East, and Lowell Peterson, Executive Director of the Writers Guild of America East. Page four. Some last bits of news and notes come from our friends at USITT. USITT begins another day of their free online resume doctors and portfolio reviews tomorrow, both of which are taking place from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Please be sure to register ahead of time to reserve your spot and find out more information. You can either sign up for the resume doctors or portfolio reviews by visiting USITT's website. That's USITT.org. Also from USITT, today's featured designer in their series of canceled or postponed productions due to the global COVID-19 pandemic is Alex Priegel. Alex is in his third year at the Penn State School of Theater majoring in design and technology with an emphasis in sound design. He was the sound designer for his school's production of Spamalot, which is postponed for an undetermined amount of time. Alex created a comprehensive sound package for the production amounting to about 300 pages of paperwork, including console layouts, RF microphone speaker schedules, system diagrams, packing lists, equipment lists, and cable labels. Some samples are attached to this feature, and the full package can be found at alexpriegel.com slash spamalot.html. And it also can be found here at USITT's Facebook page. Here's what Alex said about his design. Spamalot was my largest production yet, with a cast of 28 and an orchestra of 15 culminating in 140 channels at the console. In my design, I focused on making a consistent experience for the audience and implementing comprehensive monitoring systems for the cast and orchestra. The house system consisted of D&B T10LR arrays, Q7 for band center, Meyer MSLs with a Q10 underfill for the center vocal image, EOs for front fill, flown Meyer USW subs in an end fire array, JBL ground subs, and UPJs for surrounds. The, monitor the monitoring system was controlled from a dedicated SD9 console fe feeding about 20 speakers and a 16-channel Behringer P16 system. 
A show such as Spamalot lends itself well to many fun SFX and processing. To achieve the larger-than-life sound, parallel comprehension compression was used in many instances. Many of this compression and reverb used in the show utilized the Waves sound grid system. Additionally, some pieces of the show were pre-recorded and required a robust, redundant playback system that delivered vocals, SFX, click, and MIDI data to various devices. To check out this extensive work by Alex, again, you can either visit USITT's Facebook page or their various social media platforms, or you can find Alex Priegel's website that he shares his work on. It's alexpriegel.com backslash spamalot.html. That's alex, A-L-E-X, Priegel, P-R-E-G-E-L, dot com. Well, way to go, Alex. I bet it's going to be a fantastic show. Before I conclude today's podcast, I always want to extend my gratitude to the many members of our armed services and also to our healthcare workers, our nurses and doctors, our first responders, our police, fire, and emergency service officers. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please continue to support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. In honor of Shakespeare's birthday, I'd like to leave you with this quote from King Lear. The weight of this sad time we must obey. Speak what we feel, not what we ought to say. The oldest hath borne most. We that are young shall never see so much, nor live so long. My name is Richard Bryant, and I have been your host. It's April 23rd, 2020. This has been the Corona Chronicles, Day 42. Thank you, take care, be well, and have a good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.